0: G'day and welcome to Dog Talk. I'm Dan Camilleri.
1: And I'm Laura McKillop. We'd like to start by thanking Enduro for their ongoing support in bringing you our weekly live Q&A. Tonight we are fortunate enough to be speaking with Ben Costar from Wanderbar Stock Dogs.
0: Ben will be picking who he thinks has asked the best question of the night and they will be in a bag of Enduro Plus, high-energy food for working dogs with real kangaroo meat. Hey, Ben, how are you going? Hey, guys, how are you?
1: Good, thank you.
0: Good, thanks, myself. Yeah, really good. Big day, mate, or nice easy one yeah, in the office?
2: Not, not too bad today. We knocked off fairly decent, but um, yeah, yesterday and the last couple of days have been pretty big. with sharing going on?
1: So to start off, tell us a bit about
2: a bit about yourself. Okay, righto. Well, um yeah, I work on a property here um between the ass and called Brooklands. Um it's for a, a Sydney businessman, Rob Purvis. He's um, He's got a couple of places, this place, and then another place over at Canberra. Um, between the two, we, we run a bit over 8,000 ewes, first cross ewes, and five 600 head of cattle um, between the two places, so it keeps us busy. Um, he's got a fella over there as well, and then I've got a young fella that works here with me. Um, yeah, like I said before, um, I think at the moment I've got about 16 dogs um you know ranging from fully trained dogs to younger dogs um they do a lot of work here obviously it's not you know it's not full full year round but when it is busy shearing crutching weaning lambs and stuff it's um it's pretty hectic it gets very um yeah very big days and uh so i sort of need a pretty pretty big team as well as um giving young dogs a go while we're we're at it um i've been trialing Trialing, I think 2014 was my first year. Um, sort of got in into it. I was working at Romani Pastoral Company then. Um, Andrew King sort of got me into trialing. He give me, he give me Lucy as a little eight week old pup, and said, "There you go, have a crack with her." So uh, before that, I only really had cattle dogs. I'd worked on a couple of um, cattle places, you know, horse and awesome dogs, and um, yeah, so I hadn't hadn't really got into the sheepdog industry much. So, um, yeah, Andrew helped me get into that and that's where we started trialling and we're still pretty addicted to it now. How many times has Andrew asked for Lucy back? <laughs> yes, he, um, he always says that was his biggest regret, giving me Lucy. Um, I, I'm not really sure why he didn't like her as a pup, but, um, yeah, her first trial she was only eight months old and she won the Encourage at Wagga. So, she um, yeah, she started off pretty well.
0: No wonder she's your favourite, mate. She's your kick-off.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: Tell us a bit, mate, what's the country you're working on like and does it require a certain style or type of dog?
2: Yeah, definitely, Dan. Um, It's it's not – I wouldn't say it's hilly. Um, We've got a lot of rocky country, Um, little rocky hills, little rocky knobs, and so the sheep have got plenty of places to hide. A few scrubby patches, but not too much. we've got all laneways here, so it's fairly, it's fairly good. I can, I'll usually go out when we're busy, I'll go out and help, help master. And then I'll usually get the, the young bloke just to bring them down the lanes. Once we've got them in the laneways, yeah. it's uh, pretty much straight to the yards, but yeah, some of the paddocks out the back. Um, yeah. I sort of, that's where jock and them, you know, them real paddicky type of dogs come in play that can get up in the scrub. And, you know, you you will be cruising along on the on the bike, and then you look out, and there's a mob pissing off into the scrub. And um, but the dogs have got it down pat now. The dogs know uh, usually know when that's going to happen, and they're usually there before it happens. So it's good. We'll,
0: we'll get into the jock a bit later there, but um, you've mentioned the young bloke that helps you a few times there. How yep. um, how obviously you know you look like some kind of mentor to him at work, and how's that working with you and him? And tell us a bit about that relationship.
2: Yeah, mate. It's unreal. He's, um, I've sort of always, I've had another two, I've been here nearly five years and I've had two other people working for me, young people. No, really good. Um, didn't have any dogs. Louis, fellow that works for me now is the first fellow that's actually had dogs. Um, and he didn't, he doesn't have much when he came here. He, he only had an old bitch, um, that, you know, she was actually really good. She surprised me. She, um, worked the paddock really well. She wasn't much chop in the yards, but, He's got it going pretty well and um yeah, he loves it. We um we knock off work. We knock off work sometimes and we'll go down and um he'll be like, Oh, are we working dogs this afternoon? I'm like, yeah, mate. So yeah, it's really good. I, I gave him a um I gave him a young dog that I sort of started and he's gone on with it and he's done a really good job. Um I won't say too much about him because he's probably listening and he'll get a big head. <laughs> but no, he's really good. I um it's actually really good to be able to Send someone off and go and do a job. Like I said, the the previous workers, they didn't have dogs, so I'd have to go and muster, get them in, and then they'd head down the lane. And then if lambs got through the fence or something, they'd ring me up, Ben, there's lambs in the paddock. I need you to come and help me. Whereas Louie, Louie's pretty self-sufficient. He's um yeah, he's really good. I hope he hope he hangs around for hangs around for a little bit.
0: Ah, oh, that's awesome. It sounds like it takes a bit of load off your shoulders, which is always good.
2: Yeah, definitely. And um he's pretty keen. He's very keen on the dogs. He's got another young pup off me, um, and he's got another pup off someone else. And he's, um, yeah, he's 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 getting really handy at it actually, um, and he's looking looking forward to start trialing. So we'll uh, we'll probably see him about soon.
0: Good thing he's getting handy at it, it means you've doing something right. <laughs> That's it.
1: So where did your passion for working dogs come from?
2: Um, I guess I've um. I've always been around dogs. When I was when I was a kid, um, my family always had dogs. You know, we never we never got right into it. It was always just go back fetch them up, you know, bring them in the bloody yards and go at it. But, um, I guess I guess it really started, like I said before, when I went to Romani. Um, I never really done any training or anything like that. I just took a dog to work, get the job done. Whereas once I once I went to Romani, I um, realised I didn't have the team for it. So I had to soon start getting dogs in and, um, you know, and, and start training them properly and using commands and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess I guess that's when, and I guess when I started winning a few trials, I guess that's, that's when it really hit me um, to, to get better and uh, get my dogs better.
0: Well, uh, we'll touch on trialing a bit later. And you mentioned um, before like, a couple of your different jobs and cat and when lambs were getting out. How do you use your dogs in day to day?
2: Yeah, mate. Always. Um, yeah, they're always a big backstop here. Like um, we'll go out in the paddock, send them out. I try and I try and do a little bit of the mustering on the on the buggy or the Ute straight away. You know, just head around the the outside and then then go from there. And then the dogs are doing the rest. Um, but yeah, same thing, paddock, um, you know, if lambs get through a fence, they'll jump a fence, they'll bring them back in and then, um, yeah, bring them into the yards and, and do all the hard yards in the, in the yards, usually penning up or drenching, you know, packing a race. Um, you know, my dogs aren't world beaters, but they get the job done. And the biggest thing for me, um, with my dogs, I guess is, I, I don't have, you talk to some people and they'll have a, a paddock team and then a yard team. Um, I won't have a dog here unless it does all three, which is paddock, yard, and they've got to be strong enough to work cattle. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I rely on my dogs a lot.
0: It gives you more time in the buggy, mate. Exactly,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. So tell us a bit about your current team.
0: Um,
2: so, yeah, at the moment I've, I've sort of got the – um the fully broke team jock lucy um oh chip chip's getting up there he's um he's out of test by um by cookie and bill loves he's starting to become really handy um paddock and then in the yards he'll he'll get in and um, mix it in the yards as well um Lockaby, and be fred he um i got him off fred and Catherine as a pup he's a trooper emily dog and um yeah he's He's a workhorse. He's you know, if I if I um need to get a job done, it's um it's grab him out of the cage and go and do it. It used to be used to be old Wes. Old Wes is the old workhorse that um that I had when I was at Romani and yeah, he was he was the go to but now I'm trying to see he broke his leg uh oh, a month ago or a couple of months ago, so he's um he's only used very um very less now, so
0: he has to his, retire a bit. Where's a champion, mate?
2: Yes, he is. He is. And he's, yeah, you know, he, he was a great old dog. And um, I don't think I'm going to be able to replace him, to be honest. But I've got a few coming through, a few young ones coming through that are, are stepping up. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much just got a few pups, um, a few pups coming up up the ranks um, to fill in fill in a few holes.
1: A question here from Kerry Wilde.
2: What is your best dog and why? Um, everyone always asks me what my best dog is, and I, I don't really have a best dog. Um, it depends on it depends on the job. Like I said, all my dogs all my dogs are pretty all round. Um, but you know, like I said, if it's if it's in the paddock, natural ability that I'm mustering a mob of ewes and lambs and they get up in the scrub and I need that natural ability to bring them out. Well, jock's my go-to because he'll just go and sniff them out, find them, bring them down. Um, Tess, Tess is a jock, one of my jock daughters. She's, um, she's just a really handy work dog. She's a terrible trial dog. I take her all the time, but she always, buddy grabs one on the head or does something stupid and misses on a final. Uh, but she's, you know, when it comes to breaking in wieners and, um, and cows and calves and stuff. She's sort of the go-to for that. Um, I'd have to say as an up and jocks, jocks probably the best dog I've got, but I, as a, as an up and coming young dog. Um, yeah. Fred would be have, Fred would be ticking all the boxes. He's, he's been very tough to train. He's got a very hard head, which is probably why I get on with him because mm-hmm. he can take a bit of a flogging every now and again. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, He's been been a bit pushy in the paddock but he's starting to settle down on that really well and he'll 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 naturally lay down when we get to a gate or something and and then like i said in the yards dorset rams he'll just punch him through the race so yeah he's becoming very handy
1: uh question here from karen higgins you mentioned you started with cattle dogs have you always wondered what has happened to the cattle dog? Are they only used now for work? And if so, where? And not trialling?
2: Um, yeah, so the, the cattle dogs that I started with, I had a, um, I had a couple of shorthand border collies off uh, Murray Wilkinson up at Elliston. And they were, they were very good in the paddock um, on cattle, obviously. Um, they were very good in the paddock on sheep. But as soon as I got in a the yard, they just, just buddy alligators. Um and and just and they didn't want to be in the tight spots. Like a lot of dogs now, you know, they want to be in the tight spots and they love it. But um, yeah, I found that the, the dogs I had just didn't didn't really like them tight spots. And so I just I just never put them in the yards. Um there is still a lot of people like Murray, Murray still uses his cattle dogs day to day because that's all he does. He's got cattle. Oh, they've got a few sheep now, but he um he uses mainly mainly his cattle dogs just for for cattle in the paddock. So, um and same thing with trialing. Like I said, Tess Tess is a really good work dog. She's really good on sheep. She's really good in the yards on sheep. Big top knot and stuff. But yeah, she always brings it undone in a trial because she'll she'll grab the face of one and bloody try and rip it off. So, which is not usually allowed these days.
0: And you've you spoken there about your experience with collies uh, and the dogs you had. Why did you move to Kelpies?
2: Yeah, so I guess I've always, always liked a Kelpie. Um, Collies, you know, they were they were the cattle dogs when I was working cattle all the time. They were the go-to. They real hard bite. Um, But I just, I've I've tried Collies since, and I've never got on with them. Um, I I don't know. I I don't know if I've tried. I might not have tried the right ones, but um, the ones I have tried haven't handled my pressure. Um, whereas I found the, the Kelpies handle my pressure a lot better. And I just find the Kelpies a bit more of an all-round dog, you know. You 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 can go and muster in the paddock and you can put them in the yards and they'll back and bark all day. And, um, you know, they love them tight spots, whereas, you know, the, and I'm not saying that there's probably people out there with collies that are cursing me now, but, and I'm not saying that they can't do it. Um, it's just that's what, that's what suited me better, the Kelpies. And, um, yeah, that's what I ran with.
1: Uh, question here from Chris Egan. I notice you use your dogs for absolutely anything in work and trial at a really high standard. You don't seem to follow or concentrate on a specific line. To maintain that consistent high-level working ability you have, do you just look at a dog or bitch you like and decide to use it in your breeding, or do you look further back in their breeding and see how it will complement your team?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess I... Guess I... Yeah, oh, I have I have stuck to similar lines. Um, I was thinking about that before. A lot of my lines in my dogs go back to Yalleroy Toss um, and Louis of Jake Nowlands. I've got a lot of a lot of Louis blood and a lot of um, a lot of Toss blood in my in my dogs. Um, you know, I've got a little bit of Capri in there, obviously as a as a bit of an outcross. But um, yeah, a lot of my stuff like Lucy's by Banger, which is by Toss um jocks by um tosca which is by toss and then um you know Tess is out of a louis bitch and yeah so and i've and i guess i've just found and that's that's what i'm running with at the moment um that's what i've sort of you know obviously i've i've bred a few by fred um same thing that Coogee line um the trooper trooper of andrew kings i've got a bit of that blood so yeah it's it's probably um, yeah, they're, they're probably the lines that I look for, and but you do you do have to be you do have to be careful, and um, that's why I do like seeing other dogs and think, gee, I need a bit of an outcross there. Let's bring that bring that in and see how it goes. Um, I've just recently recently used um, Tundabati Grub of Rod Cavills down south, and um, I was sort of arming and aring because none of the bloodlines sort of lined up with mine. Um, but I've, I've got a, oh, he's probably six month old pup there now out of a jock bitch. And he's, he's one of the better pups I've got. So, um, you know, that's something, that's something that I'll probably explore. Um, but yeah, I do, I do. I, Anne Moy, Anne Moy, I'm always talking to her and she's always sending me these breeding certificates and (laughs) God, God bless her. Cause she just doesn't, yeah, you ask her for one and it's there. Like, um, so, yeah, I do. I do look at a, look at breeding a lot, um, especially going back. And everything these days either goes back to Toss or something in Capri. Um, and even Jock, he goes back to a bit of that Rihanna, Karawara stuff. So, um, yeah, it's always interesting.
0: What are you looking at when you going and be outside dogs? What you, have um, you got a type or a style are you looking for within the dogs?
2: I just like the big, bold types. Um, you know, I I, 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 like leggy, you know, something that'll travel pretty well. Um, and just, you know, yeah, big, big buff heads, tough that can take a bit of a beating. <laughs> Not by me, by the sheep, obviously.
0: <laughs> How big of a buffy head again, mate? Yeah, the circumference was pretty... <laughs> yeah,
2: Dogs with heads like mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so... You obviously breed a few pups. Um, what do you like about breeding?
2: Um, I guess I like breeding breeding my own. I, I haven't I haven't sort of bought in many pups. Well, I haven't really bought a pup off anyone for a long time. Um, I've got a few sire pups um coming in that have used either Jock or Fred. Um, but I just yeah I just I just like. Obviously, you know, and I don't breed to sell the pups. I breed for my own. I usually keep two or three out of every litter if I can, um, and try them. But um, yeah, I quite like it. I like seeing what you know what matches up and what doesn't work and what does work. Um, you know, i i my my dogs probably don't suit everyone, but um, I'm 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 starting to just to see now in the last twelve months. Um, I'm sort of breeding what I what I like and what can, gets on with me and I, I'm finding myself getting to the point you know three two or three years ago I was breeding dogs and you'd get them to sort of that 12 months of age, 10 or 12 months and you it was an easy decision to say, well, I like that one, I don't like that one. I'll move that one on, or I'll give that to a mate or whatever. whereas now, I'll, I'll get you know half a dozen dogs the same sort of age, and I'll be like, shit. Which one am I going to sell? Because I like them all. So, um, yeah, I guess it's it's rewarding. I guess when you do, um, you know, when you look at a pup and it's six or seven weeks old, and you put it on sheep, and it goes straight to work, and you're like, shit, yeah, this is what I this is what I want. Um, so yeah, I enjoy it. Uh,
1: question from Nikki West: How do you go about picking a pup?
2: um biggest thing for me is um is temperament i um i can't handle i can't handle a pup and a pup can't handle me if it's got a bit of a softer temperament um a lot of people like that because they're a bit more biddable and a bit more probably trainable Um uh, but yeah i i usually go for that standout pup that stands up and you know you walk in there and it's in your face and not not stupid but it's in your face and it's bold and you know, you might stomp your foot near it or something, and it, you know, doesn't react. Um, yeah. That's usually the pup that I look for. Yeah,
0: has that changed for you at all?
2: Um, not really, Dan. I've always looked for that. Um, yeah, from from the early days, I've always looked look for that. So, um, and obviously, I because my, I guess I'm pretty lucky with the bitches that I've got. You know, Tess and Ruby and Lucy, they always seem to switch on like six seven eight weeks old they're all you put eight pups down on the whole eight are working um so that that plays on my mind sometimes because you see one and it's it breaks a bit more or it walks in a bit harder and you're like oh you know so yeah i i i do a lot i do a lot of research to pick my pups these days uh cool might
0: we we're looking away a bit because so we've got to stack a stack of questions. So we're just trying to get them to all filter in with the flow of the conversation, mate. So uh, yep. we'll keep it going. Uh, what advice do you give to anyone that wants to purchase their first dog or a pup?
2: Oh mate, like I said, do your do your research. Um, definitely research the parents. You know, don't just go and buy a pup and say, oh, you know, it's from good working parents. You know, go out there and if 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 available, go and um, go and see the parents working. I'm always telling people to buy pups off me, um, to come out and, you know, have a look at the parents, um, and have, and other siblings, you know, older, older litters or whatever. Um, but yeah, definitely do your research, you know, look at the bloodlines, you know, see if the bloodlines are going to work for you. Talk to the person that's selling them. You know, if, if you, if you're wanting a softer type dog, definitely don't go and buy, you know, litter of pups that, by really hard parents or you know vice versa so yeah really do the research
1: are there any particular traits you'd like to put into your line moving forward
2: um i've probably because i've gone that bigger bolder upright you know stronger dog i do lack a bit of cover in my dogs um i've, I've got it in you know that's the reason i put test to cookie of bill Luff's to try and get that bit of cover and a bit of bit more footwork. Um and it's probably why I'm I'm using Fred a lot now. Um he hasn't got much come forward but he's his footwork is really good. So I guess you know trying to get that bit of footwork and bit of you know distance and stuff but it's really hard because you know you go and you go and start putting that in and then you get a dog and then you want it to come forward and it's got no come forward so it's a it's a bit of a juggling act to you know we all we all want that perfect dog but you know getting it's very hard.
0: That's right. My question from Ollie Hansen. What do you know now about dogs that you wish you knew when you started?
2: Oh mate, that's an open-ended book. I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Is um, there something that stands out? Um, I guess trainability um you know when i like i said when i first started when i was when i was a young kid you know I, all my dad ever said was go back and fetch them up um but there's so much to it now you know i've or just recently i've started using the whistle um logan whistles that you you guys sell and um i've found that to be a lot better i've sort of i still yell at my dogs but i, I i've noticed I, I i calm down a bit more if i use the whistle yeah. Um, so yeah, trainability. You know, a dog. It's so. Um, there's so much you can do with a dog these days. Um, just you know, back in the day where it's go back and fetch them up. Like, you know, I get dogs now to where you know you can you can step them. You can pretty put it, pretty much put them on a ten, 10 cent piece where you want them. So um, yeah, it's it's quite interesting on that side.
1: A uh, question here from Tim Hall. How often do you like to show a pup sheep and at what age do you first introduce it to stock? Um, for him, he loves putting them on one or two sheep pretty young and just sitting back and watching the instinct come out.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. I, like I said before, I put my pups on as soon as I can, as soon as they're starting to switch on, which sometimes is seven, you know, six, seven, eight weeks old. Um, I'll put them on usually just, in a, you know, in a confined yard, not too big, um, where the sheep can't get too much. And you know, if I usually put two or three in there, but obviously when you work dog sheep, they're pretty sticky and they don't move much. So I try and put. I find if you put one sheep in there, um, it moves around a lot more, and which creates the you know movement for the pup. Um, and that's that's when you get the get the pups moving around really good.
1: Um, another question here from James Stevens.
2: How do you work on getting a long cast? Um, I, I, don't, I don't trade much cast because I'm bloody useless at it. Um, but I've, I've sort of been, you know, I've spoke to people in the past and I find, you know, casting a dog, you know, start small. Start small and, and work your way out is the best, best thing. Um, start small, you know, stand out to a point so that you can push your dog out further um and then stopping your dog when it starts coming in walking out again then pushing it out further again I find that works pretty well um uh, but I I think you know you see Gaza, Gary White and all them and you know, they just got that natural and I guess they probably train a bit into them too but you know you get you do get your natural casting dogs definitely
1: how do you uh, question here from Nat Grimmer how do you personally get a dog or pup with too much eye to free up?
2: Just keep him moving I I've had Fred Fred was a good example and I was I've got um, a mate that's bought a Fred pup here not long ago and he's very sticky um and you just got to keep moving like you know he'll sit there and he'll be like, oh look at this it's buddy real stylish and it's you know it's doing this and still that it's <laughs> like yeah, but you're gonna create it to to stay sticky so. Yeah, I just I just hunt them around and and um and keep them on very flighty sheep so that you know it creates movement. Otherwise, you you yeah you can and like I said, Fred was very sticky as a pup, and I never thought I'd get it out of him. Um, but he's he's freed up quite quite well now. And um, yeah, you just you got to keep them moving. As as good as it looks, stalking and you know doing all that, um, you just got you you got to keep hunting them out, hunting them out. Yeah.
1: Uh, another question here, Carl Schubert. How do you go with strength on dogs going from sheep to cattle, being trade cattle or cows and calves?
2: Yeah, like I said earlier, um, I try and breed for for it a bit. Um, you know, Jock Jocks, you know, always I've always bred to him for that strength. He doesn't he doesn't usually need to bite the cattle. You know, he'll he'll usually just walk, keep walking in, um, which I think is strength. You know. When a dog gets in there and bites and bites and bites and bites, that's, you know, not necessarily strength. Um, But, yeah, like, you know, like I said, I usually have more trouble with, you know, I've got to usually muzzle dogs, you know, loading um, trade lambs or something like that um, because they've got that bit of bite. But I like to have that bit of bite when you need it on cattle.
1: So how much time do you actually put into training?
2: Um, More and more now. I never used to I used to just you know get them to 12 months old, take them to work, chuck them in the deep end, yell at them, curse them, do all that stuff. but you know and, and it's probably it's probably since you know I've you know I've started um, you know working dogs you know with mates and you know you get you get there and you yarn about it and you, you say oh you need to do this or you need to do that. So I guess you know more and more these days, you know with especially with Louie here, we probably try and work pups, um, you know, two or three times a week if we can, just take them down, give them a look. Um, yeah, just work on, work on stuff with them.
0: What do you think the main benefit or one of the, the few benefits of that are?
2: Oh, just getting control, I think, Dan, um, yeah. you know, because it's repetitive. Like, you know, if you're trying to get a stop on a dog or, Trying to get sides on a dog, you, you know, you can't do it overnight. It's it's something that you just got to keep working at and working at and working at, um, and and being repetitive on it and and being strong on it. You know, making making that dog do what you're wanting it to do. But then I I, I always say I've I have a few people come out, you know, wanting to train dogs and stuff, and they'll they'll put a pup in there, a young pup, and they'll work it here, and they'll say go back and come over, and you know, to a six month old pup, and it's like it doesn't understand you You know let it just let it work um and only work it for a short amount of time because if you're out there you know back over and you're trying to make this pup do a heap of stuff and it gets tired and starts doing stupid stuff and then you've gone backwards 10 paces um whereas if you go out you get your get your round and your back and all that and then you you know you might walk out and you might stop it and then quit you know if you quit on a good note you're always going to go go ahead, but you work that pup too long and you're going to just start undoing all sorts of stuff.
1: Uh, question here from Denny Kerr. Um, I'm having trouble with getting or teaching my dogs to back. What can I do to teach or encourage them?
2: Um, yeah, backing's a good one. Um, and and same as before, you know, some dogs naturally do it, some dogs don't. Um I'll use Fred as a bit of an example. Fred Fred never liked backing. Um, and I used to ask Jake all the time. I'm like, how do I get this dog to back? And he said to me there one day, he said, just pull him up on, on a on a couple at the back, like a couple at the back, pull him up on one or two, pat him, you know, make him, it's all good. And then let him go back along it. So then you pull him up again. And this is over a fair period of time. So you're pulling the dog up but then you're letting the dog run back along the sheep.
1: Yeah. So
2: by the time you've done that, you know, over a couple of weeks, all of a sudden you're at the front, you've pulled him up, let him up the front, and then you've let him go, and he's run back along the sheep under his own demise. And the next minute he's gone, oh, I'm doing this by myself. And, yeah, he just clicked like that, and now will back up into the yeah. shearing shed miles. So it does work.
0: Tracy Haskell has asked, do you put any control or manners on your dogs away from stock or do you do it all on when you're on sheep?
2: Um hey Trace, she's overseas. <laughs> International. Um, yeah, no, I, I do all mine on sheep. I, yeah. I'm a bit I'm a bit useless when it comes to, you know, teaching a pup to lead and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like all the boys are up me all the time. I usually grab a pup out of the cage and walk down with it and then just let it go and run amok and then try and catch it and put it back. So I, and, and I've always stood by that. Um, I find, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. People do this and they get great results. I just find for me teaching a pup to sit and stay and come and all that stuff and teaching it to lead too early, I just find takes that natural instinct out of them. Um, I want to try and keep as much of that natural instinct as in I can. Um, and when, when a pup gets to 10, 12 months old, that's when I'll start really, you know, putting a stop on, um, calling off stock, calling off stocks, a very hard one, um, because you're trying to get it, to, you know, come to you away from the stock and then you're trying to get it to work. So, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely do all my, like men manners men stuff, you know, men is like barking the cage and that you've, you've got to discipline that off, off stock, obviously. Um, but still, I try and discipline that so that's not me. Like I'll, you know, throw a rock on the roof or whatever, you know. Because if you physically go on, you know, up that pup, well, he's going to know you're doing it, and then you take it down the yards and you're trying to get it to bark in the back of a race. So it's it's very hard that one. But um, yeah, I I do a lot of my stuff on on sheep, definitely. Uh,
1: another question from Natalie Grimmer. How does training a dog for sheep differ to training a dog for cattle? Would you use different methods to fine-tune your dogs for different stock?
2: Not really. Um, I had this question the other day. And, um, yeah, I, I I don't usually start my dogs on cattle till they're, you know, 18 months. Um, I just find, you know, with them tougher bull-headed dogs that just want to get in and do stuff, you know, you put them on cattle for the first time and they'll fly in and they'll grab something by the head and they'll get stomped and you're pretty much going to bugger it. You're going to break a leg or something. So I usually, by the time I start my dogs on cattle, usually they've got the foundation of, you know, back and over and sit and walk in. But but all that's the same then. You know, you've you got to be able to steer your dog around and obviously, you know, the, probably the different command is get hold of him. But, yeah, it's all the same. And I have have had dogs back cattle before too, so it's very similar.
1: (laughs) What's your take on feel in a dog?
2: Yeah, I think you've got to have it. Um, That's one thing, you know, that I've probably, you know, some of my dogs have probably lacked a little bit. Um, But, yeah, you've got to have that feel, that natural ability, because if you're, you know, if you're just steering the dog around and, you know, it's relying on you to... Put it in the right spot well you're gonna end up in all sorts when you get on lambs or something like that um so yeah definitely definitely got to have you know feel especially for stock um you know whether it be in the trial ring or out in a paddock you've definitely got to have feel
0: a lot of people have got different opinions on feel have you got a particular what is it
1: to, what, you? What is it to
0: you
2: well feel for me is is feel for stock and you know giving that distance when they need to coming in when they need to Just that natural ability to get the job done. Yeah,
0: nice and easy, mate. You smashed it.
1: Do you think (laughs) it's something that comes like with their genetics or something? Yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think I think it's um I think it's bred in a lot of dogs. Um, you know, I've I've had pups that have got heaps of it, and I've had pups that have got none of it. So, and from the same litters. So it's probably not it's not all genetic, but it's I guess it's um. It's got to be there somewhere, yeah. I don't, I don't know where where it comes from, to be honest. And you can't, you can't. Well, you yeah, know, if you're a real good trainer, you might be able to train it in them. But um, I think, yeah, I don't think you can train stuff like feel and natural ability.
0: Not real feel.
2: No, that's right.
1: Uh, question from Nikki West: What are your thoughts when running a school? Do you find yourself teaching both how to train a dog, as well as training the people there to learn about positioning and reading the stock?
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think, and, and this is not, you know, putting down anyone that comes to my dog schools, but um, I'm always telling people it's, it's not, you know, I reckon it's 80% them um, that are in the wrong spot or, you know, just don't quite know where to, where to position themselves to work the dog. Um, So yeah, a lot of, a lot of dog schools, you know. I think everyone that goes to them um, probably learn more of where to where to position themselves and and how to read stock and how to how to work your dog. Yeah, I think it's. I, that's why I have, I have a lot of people say, "Can you take a dog for me and train it?" And rah rah. And I'm like, "No, you bring your dog out and I'll train you to help and train that dog," um, because that's. Yeah, you, know, you can you can come and come and get a train, buy a train dog off me. But if you don't know how to position and how to work it, well, it's not going to be much use to you.
0: Hundred percent, mate. We uh, appreciate everything you've given us for uh, training there as well, mate. We've uh, you've got pretty decent amount <laughs> of stuff. We might um, just be curious at the time. Never mind. Um, get onto a bit of trialing, mate. How long have you been trialing?
2: Um, yeah, like I said before, I think twenty fourteen was my first my first year. Um, Andrew King, when I was at Romani, he's like, "Come on, you got to go, you got to go." I'm like, "Mate, Lucy, like Lucy was only eight months old at the time, and um, yeah, we we ended up we ended one, we went down to Wagga, and um, yeah, old Lucy come out and got a 99 in the Encourage, and um, and then I think she won another Encourage pretty much straight up. So I was um, I was up with the big wigs and you know, I, I won a few early on, but then you know, I, I don't know whether I got a bit cocky and It just went once I started, once I started sort of getting into them, um, you know, better classes that, um, you know, and it did, it gives you a reality check and makes you have a bit of a think. Um, But yeah, I was always, I was a bit lucky, I guess, because I had Andrew, um, you know, I had fellas like Bill Luff and um, Graham Cooper. Graham Cooper actually gave me Lucy's mother um, and and Rose, um, Lou's sister, to trial um because i only had lucy and wes when i started out and um yeah i was very fortunate to be able to trial them you know they were open both open bitches that cooper won before um i went and won the open um, championship at the canberra royal with lou and that was in my first year of trialing so that was that was a bit of an eye-opener um so yeah having you know having that start with with guys like that um was unreal and then obviously obviously it just went from there and I just sort of sat back and watched, watched everyone trial and how they did it. Um, you know, all them older fellas that just do it buddy with their hands behind their back and, um, do it easily. And yeah, once I, you know, sort of got jock and then a few others that, um, yeah, it got very addictive.
1: So why do you try?
2: Um, I guess, you know, at first I think it was, you know, got addictive. It was fun. You know, you go and catch up with mates. I think now, I think now it's still that it's still fun. And you go to, you go and catch up with mates and you know, you have buddy, have a catch up and stuff, have a chat. Um, but it's, it's getting away from the farm too. Um, and I think that's a big thing for a lot of people, you know, working on a property, um, it gets a bit, you know, it's obviously great sitting at home with the wife and kids and, you know, I take the kids to work with me all the time. Um, so I'm pretty lucky when it comes to that. But just getting away from the farm and, you know, because you've got numbers going through your head and you're like, oh, have I done this right? Have I done that? You know, I've got to mark lambs next week or whatever. So just going away on a weekend, take your dogs. And I guess, you know, I don't tune my dogs up a lot, but I do like to, you know, give them a bit of a run. If they're working, like, if I went to a trial next week, they'd go unreal because they've been shearing all, you know, shearing and waning for the last three weeks. Yeah. Um, and I find that's when the dogs try best when they're real tired because they're actually listening to you. Um, but yeah, I think it's a lot, a lot to do with that, getting away, um, getting away from your workplace, or for me anyway, and um and catching up with people and having the yarn, yeah. That's
0: okay. and do you have a particular format of trying that you prefer?
2: Um Oh, mate, I, I love them I, obviously I know you'll have a crack at anything. Hey, I thought i to
0: so say, I know you'll have a crack at anything, Well, yeah, well, your sweet
2: spot. You know, obviously, yard trialing is my favorite. Um, yeah. then obviously, cat, I love cattle trialing. Um, I, I love utilities and I, and I, I love having a crack at three sheep. I've, I've never gone much chop at three sheep. I think Jock won a novice at Gundagai once. Um, but usually, you know, like I said, they're stronger. Stronger dogs that have got a bit of presence, you know, you can't you can't get your dogs off far enough. So, uh, but yeah, definitely, I'd I'd love to see more. Um, there's a few of these stock dog challenges coming up where you know um, they're doing like ADO's doing one down south, um, like what Maddie and Chris used to run the USD, um, and obviously we were just at Carcor that had the yard trial and the cattle trial. to me is my ultimate trial to have a a yard trial and cattle trial at the same event um yeah it's it's great a a lot of people probably don't do both events but there's a fair few of us that that get in and have a crack for sure
0: speaking about carcore mate um you're fairly successful there on on the weekend you want to tell us why you entered jock into the society
2: probably congratulations as well probably got a bit lucky but no i um I actually spoke to Josh, um, the fellow that was running it, and he asked me to put Jock in the size shootout. And I said, oh, I wouldn't mind putting Fred in it, you know, young up-and-comer, give Fred a crack at it, rah-rah. Um, and he's like, oh, but you've got the dog in the sale that's by Jock. So obviously that's that's how that came around. Um, so that's why I put put him in it. And, um, yeah, I'm glad I did because they got pretty tough. Um Obviously, the first few runs had trouble getting off the truck. And so I just went out there and went. even when mine, mine were on the truck, they were laying down in the middle all balled up. And I'm like, how the heck am I going to get these things off? And, um, you know, and it probably a few nose bites probably, you know, might have cost me a few points, but they come off. So yep. I was um, very happy when they come off. And then I just jocked on his job the rest of the
0: way around. So, yeah. Congratulations once again. Thanks, mate.
1: So Nick Foster has asked, what do you think has had the most influence on yard trialing? Make it what it is today and why?
2: Um that's a, yeah, that's a hard question. I guess I guess it's just, yeah, it's it's the people that make up, make it up. Um, you know, the people that organize. Um, you know, you go to a trial and we all we all, I think we all take it for granted. We go to a trial and you know, we we run our sheep around and you know, we might go, oh, gee, the sheep are tough, or, you know, gee, that was tough, or whatever, that truck was tough, but you don't, you don't sort of look at what goes behind the scenes. Um, I've sort of run a few trials, I usually run Harden, and I'm running Yas now, I've moved here, and there's a lot goes into setting up, and you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of behind the scenes, um, but it's, it's just great that, you know, people can put these things on, and then we can all go there and, and have a yarn, and um you know all have a bit of a crack at each other and and um trial a few dogs so
0: that's a game and there's a, there's another part to Nick's questions and who do you think's been most influential to yard trolling and to make it is what it is today as well.
2: Oh that's a that's a hard one. Um you know I guess you you go back you know you go back them all them years you know Chris Stapleton, you know he's a he's a magician at that type of stuff. You know he can go in there he can go in there and um, you know cruise around, and you think he hasn't lost a point yet. And you know there's things going wrong, but he just fixes it. And you know Kevy How, like Kevy's the same. He'll fly around, and he's he's a hard one. I've judged judged Kevy a few times, and he's a hard one to get points off. Um, so yeah, no, you know them old fellas that um, they give it a crack. But I I love going and watching, you know. Fellas, um, fellas like Jake and Dean Incher and, and Maddie and you know, they, they really get in and have a crack and you know, they they'd rather, you know, they'd rather punch around than than try and worry about losing points. So there's a bit of that as well.
1: Adam James has asked, is there one particular trial that you'd like to win?
2: <laughs> That's a good one coming from him. I'd love to win a Kelpie trial or something <laughs> or an Australian Yard, but um, yeah, no, look, um, Probably, it's it's all it's it's always obviously. I'd love to win, you know, an Australian or a New South, um, and but I I just I just love the biggest thing for me is going to a trial where the sheep are tough and you're up against everyone, you know, like you know all the all the really good trialers are there and they're having a crack and you know it's like holy crap, like you know. It's not like, oh, someone's having a bad day, so I'll, I'll go out and have a crack and, I'll, you know, get lucky. But yeah, no, I just, I just really, um, I just really wanna want to go and win a, you know, a, a really tough trial. Yeah.
1: Mark Mangold has asked, in relation to trialing, what ratio of points do you think are lost by the handler compared to the dog? And what's the best advice you can offer to a new trialer to keep the loss of points under control?
2: yeah mate it's um ratio is would be you know 70-30 handler you know
1: um
2: probably more and i know myself even to this day like i still lose more points than my dogs probably um and mark you know mark, we've done that we've done that bit of a school there at sydney with you know with the trial and with points and judging and stuff and and it is that's a big one like you know you put your dog in the wrong position or you know, you walk off the line before they're across it or, you know, there's there's a whole lot there's a whole lot involved. And I guess, you know, I guess yard trialling, I, I, I wish it had stay a little bit positive. You know, sometimes it can get technical. Um, you know, people take points for, you know, stuff that it's like, well, hang on, you know, you probably shouldn't, you probably didn't have to take points for that. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, and that's the way it is. Yeah, you know, you've got to get points off where you get them. Um, but yeah, I I I like I like to see real positive, real positive trials that you know that the dog the dog that gets in and does the job is the one that's going to come out at the end and win it.
0: Where Where do you believe people struggle with trialing, and where can they improve?
2: Probably that Dan. Like you know, um, I guess a big one, big one for me is um, you know learning how to read sheep. Um, that's a big one. Like a lot of, you go to a lot of these trials and, you know, you might get stuck in the truck or in a draft or, and, and I, I still get stuff. I can, you know, I, I still get stuck. I can read sheep pretty well, but, um, sometimes it doesn't work. But I think if you can, you know, get in and, and learn how to read the sheep, you know, you can, you, you can usually position your dog, you know, without going, you know, crazy and backing and barking, sometimes just bringing that dog up the side, leaving it on the ground and it just creates that flow and, you know, like Lucy. Lucy's a good one for that. I always come back to her. You know, Jock will get up there and bark and grab heads and whereas Lucy will just poke up the side and just get in that right spot and create that flow every time. So without upsetting without upsetting the stop.
0: Spoken about Lucy a lot tonight. She's the only dog you've ever run a 99 with?
2: Definitely, mate. I. I don't that
0: answers I don't the earlier head. question, who's your best dog?
2: Yeah, yeah, well... <laughs> And it'd have, it'd have to be, it'd have to be, you know, like I said, and Lucy's a great work dog too, that yeah. a lot of people don't realise that. Um, you know, when I was at Romani, she'd load B-doubles and lambs, just she'd fly up in the front, come back. And even, you know, I, I've used her this week, shearing, and um, she loves it. But, yeah, she's she's unreal for me when it comes to trialling. Um, I've, I've won a lot of, I've won championships with her. I've won big trials. I've. I've probably stuffed her up, you know. I've I've been in a couple of uh, Australians and and been pretty close to it. Uh, I think West Wylong one year I was leading going into the top twenty five by a fair way, and and then I went in and I just couldn't get the draft. And it, you know, it's heartbreaking. But um, yeah, mate, she's unreal. She, you know, some trials don't suit her, but um, you know, she she'll go in and she won't upset a stock, and you know, she just she just gets it done.
0: It's not only you that she gives a hundred percent to either at work or trialling, but Claire does pretty well with her as well.
2: Yeah mate the kids kids love trial her and and Jock and um, yeah no, it's it's great it's great to see and um, you know hopefully once this bug buggers off hopefully we can um, get the kids back into it.
1: He's definitely one dog I like to stop and watch. just
2: yeah. quite
1: awesome and creates movement quietly and yeah gets the job done. Yeah. In your time, have you noticed a change in the way people handle stock and um dogs away from trialing? Um
2: probably not. Um, you know, I think I think this day and age it's pro- we're probably oh, I shouldn't say that because you know, you get them them older fellas that they've, they've handled stock the same all their life. Um, but I guess, you know, fellas like me and you know. You you probably you obviously you probably get better. Um, we well you, we'd well hope you'd hope you'd get better um handling stock, and you know obviously some of us go out there and we bloody do our nana, and when things aren't going our way, and it's like come on, like it's so frustrating. But no matter how much you know how much your body moan and cry, it's not going to change. So, um, you know sometimes sometimes you got to go at it like Lucy and just poke in there and. Other times you got to go in and bloody go hard, so um, and and that's that's why that's why I love trialing because you know I can go to a trial and you know some of my dogs don't suit sheep at all, but then you go to the next trial and you might bloody win everything. So it's um that's the way it goes.
0: Do you have a favourite trial to participate in?
2: Um, probably not necessarily. Like I said, just some tough ones. Um, Co- Cootamundra. Kutamundra show trial is always a good one. It's always really tough, um, really tight truck. And I think one year in the open there, out of 45 dogs, I think five or six may have got around. Um, You know, trials like that where it's, you know, it's tough for everyone. They're the ones. And Henty, you know, Henty's always a a good, tough trial.
0: Yeah. Kieran uh, Wild asked here, uh, is there a dog away from trialing that has sparked your interest? um oh it's hard because you are not on the show so you don't really get to see him but is there something been floating about
2: yeah i've actually um i've actually just recently oh i've 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 seen this dog a while ago and you know people have told me about him but there's a dog called firmly percy um uh, yep. of ross gilmore's and um i actually went over and uh, to and seen ross and watched this dog work and He's, he's pretty old now, so he's probably not like he was back in his heyday. But um, And I've seen dogs by him. And, yeah, I really like him. And Ross Ross has got no interest in trialing at all. Um, so, you know, he's a dog that you never see. Um, yeah, there's plenty of dogs around, mate, that, you know, obviously you just don't see at a trial. And you might go and you see it work somewhere and you think, far out. Like um, Jesse Beavis at Romani, you know, he had that Kingsley Frank. Um I think he, he might have trialled him at Harden one year or something, but he was just a, a workaholic, you know. He'd, he'd back a race for miles and, you know, Jesse would be up him all day and he'd, he'd go all day. So, you know, there is, yeah, there is seven dogs out there and um, obviously they just, they don't get the trials all, all that much, yeah.
1: What do you feel is your best achievement so far?
2: Um, I guess, you know, going away from trialing, I guess is um, probably just, you know, being where I am with the dogs, you know, getting, getting, breeding dogs that I, that I, you know, getting the point in breeding dogs that I like and that I'm getting on with. Um, but I guess, you know, yeah, trialing, um, you know, winning that thing up at Tamworth, the stock dog spectacular. That was pretty schmick. Obviously it was a, was Pretty good prize money, so um, but you know, same thing like all you know, a lot of the good blokes were there, and um, yeah, just you know, winning a few. I, I won the um open championship at West Wylong one year, that was pretty um, that was with Lucy, um, up against a lot of the you know, a lot of them good competitors, but like I said before, you know, um, yeah, just going to them tough trials and and having the dogs do well is my main thing.
0: You've mentioned Andrew King a few times, and a couple of you know the of trialers of great caliber. Who who's inspired you?
2: Yeah, definitely Andrew. Um, you know, like I said, he's the one that got me started in the probably sheepdog industry, um, and he's helped me a lot with my trialing. Uh, he's you know he's he's won plenty of trials himself back in the day, and he's he's a very good judge. Um, You know, and and he still, you know, I've been gone from Romani for five or six years now, and he still rings me every couple of months just to see how I'm going, how the family is, and um, and we still talk dogs. He, I think, he rang me last week, um, asking me a question about dogs. So yeah, he's um, he's been a big part.
0: How many conversations would you have a day that aren't don't involve dogs?
2: (laughs) Um. Probably not many, Dan. Yeah. Probably not many. You sort of, and I guess you get you get like that a bit. You go away to a dog trial. We only had this conversation the other day. I think me and Maddie should were we'll talking about it. And, you know, you go to a dog trial and you're sitting around the bar and you start, you know, you're talking dogs and you're talking dogs. And it's like, why don't we talk about something else for once, you know? <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Is there something else to talk about?
2: Well, I don't know. Except kids. I, so. I, guess, I guess it's just one of them things.
0: Yeah.
1: Message you'd
2: like to get out of livestock and working dog industry. Um, I guess like just for people to get out and have a crack. Um, you know, get out and have a go, whether it be at work or trialing. Um, and don't be don't be afraid to ask ask people for help. You know, there's a lot of blokes out there. Um, you know, like I said, I've 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 always asked. You know, Billy Luff and Andrew King and all them. You know, um, Jake like Matty you know, you can ask anyone, ask anyone for, for help or, and like I've done a few dog schools now and I always say to people, you know, you come here to this dog school, you, you don't want to, you don't want to get your whole training regime from this. You want to take one little thing out of this, that's going to work for you and -hmm. and you put it to work and then you go and take one little thing from, you know, someone else and someone else and, you know, and, and that's pretty much what I've done. I've taken little bits and pieces from everyone and, and and made it work for me. But yeah, get out, get out and have a crack and and don't be afraid to talk to people about, about dogs.
1: Chris Durak has asked, who's the handler you look up to and why do they stand out to you? Um
2: that's a good one. Um I guess, like I said, it, it probably all comes back to Andrew. I've, I've yeah. seen Andrew Andrew go out there with that trooper. Um, you know, he'll go out there when everyone's having a prick of a time and everything's tough and the way he works that dog and puts him in spots and, um, you know, and very quietly. Obviously, a lot quieter than me. Um, you know, there's, obviously, there's people out there, you know. It's Dean Incher. Dean Incher will go out there. And he's, mate, he's got a unreal pack of dogs. And they're my type of dogs. Like, he, when Dean comes out, you know that he's going to have something that'll put him around. Um, you know, he'll go out there and he'll just punch him around. And, you know, Jeff McDougal, like, he's been going great guns lately. And, you know, I've seen him at Carcourt, and he's got that young dog there. Um, you know, he calls it up, and then he's up it to go back. And it's it's like, slow down, and, you know. Um, Is that champ? Yeah, yeah, I like him. And like, yeah, you yeah. Know, Jeff comes out and his heart rate's bloody pumping. <laughs> it, you know, and and you yeah, know, just yeah, I just like the blokes that'll just yeah, you know, just go out and have a crack and and um and really make it work. Yeah.
0: Got another question here. What do you see as the biggest challenge in the working dogs to the working dogs in Australia um, going forward? Uh, backyard breeding, government regulations, costs.
2: Um, yeah, it's always hard. Um, you know, I'm obviously part of the New South Wales yard dogs and, um, you know, we, we get all this stuff all the time, you know, with animal welfare and all that. And it's, it's so hard. It's, you know, it's, it's obviously we've got to be careful. It's a bit disappointing that we've got to be watching what we're doing all the time, but yeah, it's, I, I really hope, I really hope, um, it does stay, you know, stay put because, I'd hate to see our industry go down the gurgler because someone took a video of a dog ripping a sheep's head off or whatever. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. It's, it's one that frustrates me a lot, um, you know, because that work, it's, you know, yeah, at a trial, it's, it's bad to see. Um, but at work, mate, some, you know, you get them big Dorset Rams or them big crossy use and sometimes they need a bit of stropping. Um, yeah. Otherwise they just bash the crap out of your dogs and yourself. So you know, it's it's always hard, um, but yeah, we've just gotta we've just gotta be careful these days, and that's the only way we're going to be able to keep our um, keep our industry going.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Mate, is there anything you'd uh, you'd like to see introduced to Dog Talk, or is there anything that you you think we could bring to the table uh, differently or change around not, a bit?
2: Not really, dude. I think you've got it bloody down pat. Like this this thing here, you know, I've when you first asked me about this, I was like, oh, don't bring me on it, you know, like, but I think it's great. I think, you know, what you're doing with this, it's, it's unreal. It's getting, you know, everyone's getting different, got different opinions um, on dogs. Um, I think it's unreal. You know, the, the magazine, you know, use Lauren, obviously Lauren, she was doing great, going great guns and you, you guys have took over that and, and kept it going really good. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, just keep, just keep doing these and um you know, yeah. Just keep buddy like Paul Rose said last week, maybe interview a few people at, at trials or something. Yep. Um, you know, I think I think that's great. Yeah. We
0: we'll have to pick the ones that aren't rainy.
2: Yeah, that's it.
0: Uh, that was exactly. actually our intent last week was to speak to a few people. but uh, the the rain kind of and the cold kind of scared us away or scared yeah. me away from a few people.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's it.
1: Anyone you'd like to
2: see us do q and A Q&A with? Um, probably Andrew. Andrew King. He, like I said, he's um he's been a big part of my thing, and I think he'd have a lot. Um, I think he'd have a lot to give back to. Um, he's probably a bit bit of a shy kind of a bloke, but I think if you got him on this and and got him talking, I think you'd get a fair bit out of him. Yeah.
0: awesome, mate. So uh, so that point of the night. Mate, who do you believe asked the best question of the night and they'll win a bag of Enduro dog food?
2: Um, who asked the question about, like, the different, the training between the dogs and the, like, cattle and sheep?
1: Um, i back now. Was it Nat? No, I don't think it was, actually. Uh, it was Carl Schubert.
0: There you go, that one. There you go, Carl. Get in contact with us, Carl, and uh, we'll get uh, Enduro to shoot a bag of... Uh, energy
1: working dog, working dog food to
0: you. <laughs> I was going to read a little bit there about kangaroo there but I just took my page over. Uh,
1: so that's cool. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners tonight. Appreciate you all jumping on and of course you, Ben, for your time. Um, it's no good worries. Q&A. Last question. Would you rather fight one duck the size of a horse or 20 horses the size of ducks?
2: Right, I, this has been racking on my mind. <laughs> He's asking on the end, end of everything. And I, I, I really don't, probably probably the one big duck because I'd, I'd sold Wes into it.
1: <laughs> Good old
2: <man>. <laughs> <laughs> he wears a crack Because he pulled sheep down for me at work when they're struck. So big Wes would handle it.
0: Oh, well, there we go. Mate, Ben, thanks again for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks to all our viewers out there. And please remember, the day we stop to learn will be a sad day for all of us. Good night, you guys. Well
2: done.
1: Thank you. Cheers,
0: mate.